0: This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM.
1: It really wasn't a shocker when the uh, news uh, reports started to come down, but the U.S. government has filed suit against Volkswagen over its actions in the emissions scandal, which saw Defeat Software installed on almost 600,000 clean diesel VW vehicles here in the United States. The civil suit seeks compensation that could total more than $18 billion. To take a look at what might happen with this suit and going forward, we're joined on the phone by Wharton Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics, Sarah Light, and also joining us on the phone, our friend John Paul McDuffie, Professor of Management here at Wharton. He's also Director of the Program on Vehicle and Mobility Innovation. Sarah, John Paul, great to talk to you both again. Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year. Thanks for inviting us.
1: Great to have you both. Uh, no real surprise that, that this happened, Sarah, but did anything catch you off guard in reading about it in the press?
0: Um, well, I read the press uh, about it yesterday and i have also now made my way through the civil complaint. It, it was definitely not a surprise that the complaint was filed. I think everyone knew that it was coming. There are two things that jumped out at me. The first was the repeated statements, the press release of the DOJ, uh, sorry, the Department of Justice issued alongside the civil complaint, um, made clear that nothing in this civil action precludes the Justice Department from pursuing criminal charges mm-hmm. at some point in the future. And the second thing that jumped out at me was the release being sought in the complaint. You mentioned that um, the complaint seeks... About 18 billion potentially in civil penalties. There's also a request for mitigation, which is um, the idea that the court could order Volkswagen and Audi and Porsche and the American subsidiaries to quote, take appropriate steps, including but not limited to mitigation of excess nitrogen oxide emissions, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting to me. That suggests that beyond potentially recalling the existing vehicles, that somehow VW would have to make up for the excess NOx emissions that arose as part of this scandal. So that seems unusual, and I'm curious to see what's going to happen.
1: John-Paul?
2: Yeah, um I agree. Not a big surprise. And just the first of legal actions we can expect to see. Uh, as Sarah mentioned, it doesn't preclude criminal charges. There are class action suits being organized uh, around the country and particularly there's several in California, which is why this uh, case is going to be moved to California from uh, Michigan, where it was initially filed. You know, the these many of these Volkswagen vehicles qualified for subsidies under various uh, green and clean uh, subsidy programs and that's true not only in the US but in a lot of European countries and so governments will be suing to um, recover that potentially and um, so and the 18 billion penalty figure is based on a per vehicle maximum penalty amount uh, but, uh, yeah, as Sarah said, there's clearly a door open to larger penalties. I've seen some estimates that say up to $80 billion. I don't know exactly what math they're using to get to that, but presumably it's something under that uh, mitigation for the pollution caused during this, I don't know, at least six to seven years.
1: But do you think we will see criminal charges brought against the VW execs?
2: You know, it's, it's hard to say. Of course, the Department of Justice would like to... Uh, show some progress in prosecuting executives, and not only having big fines against companies. Uh, where you know, one view is that the companies are going to take these fines as simply a cost of doing business, and there won't be a sense of personal accountability. Um, there's been some commentary from Department of Justice that they don't feel Volkswagen has cooperated with them uh, as much as they would like. There certainly haven't been any um, specific charges against individuals uh, elsewhere there have been some resignations Volkswagen's doing their own internal investigation so my guess is there's simply just not enough evidence about individuals yet and it's partly because Volkswagen hasn't helped provide it
1: Sarah what do you think will we see uh, some f- charges filed
0: I suspect that we will again the criminal investigatory process operates under grand jury secrecy so one won't, we won't know until you know the the ball drops. Um, But I suspect that we will. In this case, it is clear from um, the fact that VW is doing an internal investigation. Apparently, some individuals have been laid off, fired. Um, There are some questions about whether VW has cooperated fully. Even in the complaint, it talks about the fact that while VW um, was being challenged by the EPA about these... uh, strange emissions tests that suggested that the NOx emissions were higher than what was represented on the car certificates of conformity, that VW continued to insist to the EPA that this was a technical issue, that this was not an intentional problem. However, um, the CEO, Michael Horn, later testified before Congress that, in fact, this was a problem and that this was something that VW knew about. So, There are a number of potential criminal charges here. The one that comes to mind based upon nearly what I've just described is um, false statements to a federal officer, a 1001 violation. Um, There's also a potential wire fraud claim here based upon the marketing of these vehicles as being, um, as having certain emissions, uh, meeting certain emission standards, but failing to meet those mission standards. There may be some kind of conspiracy claim. So I could certainly see the potential for uh, criminal uh, action against individuals. Um, One other thing worth noting is that in in the wake of the financial crisis, there's been a lot of uh, criticism of the Justice Department for failing to prosecute individuals. Mm -hmm. And so in September of 2015, actually, I would say within about a week before the General Motors settlement was announced, um, the Deputy Attorney General Sally Quillian Yates issued a memo that was called Individual Accountability for Corporate Wrongdoing, basically making clear to the Justice Department and to all of the U.S. Attorney's offices that an important and effective way to combat corporate misconduct is to seek accountability from individuals and setting forth kind of six new steps that need to be followed in connection with both criminal and civil investigations in which individuals may be implicated criminally. So in light of that memo, I suspect that the Justice Department may be considering individual corporate criminal responsibility more actively than it has in the
1: past. So the changes that, that they have already made with the removal of the prior CEO and and moving in other people at, in high-ranking positions at VW, uh, doesn't sound like uh, that, that that will make any difference uh, whether or not the U.S. Uh, government goes forward on prosecution.
0: I don't think that it will necessarily make a difference. So the way in which it potentially could make a difference would be um, one of the kind of six, points that I mentioned in this memo by the Deputy Attorney General was um, that in order for a corporation to qualify for what's called cooperation credit in an investigation by the, the government of criminal investigation, the corporation has to provide to the Justice Department, quote, all relevant facts relating to the individuals responsible for the misconduct. So that is an effort to provide an incentive to the corporation to give up the names of individuals, not Mm -hmm. to shield them. So the fact that people are being fired, that seems suggestive of a company that may be cooperating with an investigation that may be trying to root out wrongdoing. You know, the press has reported some facts on the other side as well. So it's very hard to know, but that's the idea behind this memo is that it's trying to get the, the company to cooperate in identifying the
1: individuals. And, John Paul, to my knowledge, uh, to this point, we still don't have anything moving forward on a fix on, on these vehicles, uh, at least to this moment, correct?
2: Not for the U.S. Uh, so they have announced some fixes in Europe where the regulations are uh, much uh, laxer on NOx and other you know, emissions from diesel engines. I believe for some of the vehicles, it's simply a software change. For some of the vehicles, it's installing a relatively simple, uh, inexpensive plastic part. From what I've been able to gather in the press, Um, none of this represents a major overhaul of the engine. I think given the much tougher uh, standards and therefore the much greater violations in the U.S., of the Clean Air Act, um, Volkswagen would have to do something much more significant. And they appear to be, I mean, I, I would guess they're moving towards some decision on that. They've hired Kenneth Feinberg to handle uh, the, the way that they'll settle claims from individual owners of these vehicles. Um, but they'll have to deal with, uh, you know, the. So th- this has all been EPA and Clean Air Act, but then there's NHTSA. Uh, yep. Which will have to deal with the recall aspects of this, and you know you see a, a wide range of, of proposals out there about what VW should do, including they should simply buy back the defective vehicles and um, take them off the market because they will certainly be damaged in resale value on the on the used car market and uh you know and and it's very hard to guarantee that all vehicles covered by a recall are actually serviced um if owners don't bring them in so these polluting cars could stay on the road um in large numbers if if that's not done uh, so that's another angle on this i've heard that california uh, maybe not surprisingly has already been thinking about these issues and has said Uh, Well, we simply won't allow the owner of one of these vehicles to re-register their vehicle if they haven't had the recall. So that, that uh, that should help in preventing that problem.
1: Uh, This is uh, obviously going to be an issue that that's still going to play itself out for quite some time. Uh, The fact that I guess I'm I'm taking a little bit back that there has to be some sort of negotiated deal to to get a fix in the first place here in the United States. Uh, Not only frustrating to to me, but obviously it's frustrating to every one of the car owners uh, that is waiting for something to get done at this point, John Paul.
2: Absolutely, and uh, you know, people will be watching that closely. They're uh, they're going to see opportunities for participating in class action suits uh, and the like. Uh, you know, I, I mean, you can certainly find commentary on uh, you know various auto blog, auto related blogs from people who have enjoyed the performance of their vw uh, diesel because of its better fuel efficiency and it's uh, you know peppy acceleration and all those things and they may not uh, share a great concern about the amount of pollution their vehicles putting into the atmosphere so uh, again getting that type of owner to comply is uh, is one of the challenges here remember they're not driving a car that is dangerous in the conventional sense. When you have these safety recalls, mm-hmm. they're driving a car that may make them quite happy. Uh, it's just pumping out uh illegal amount of, uh, you know, diesel soot and
1: NOx. Part of this also, Sarah is uh, the, the EPA and the testing that they do uh, of vehicles going forward and the changes that they probably need to make uh, to, to better manage this going forward.
0: Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I think is most interesting is how this defect was revealed. Um, Basically, a uh, um, a university in West Virginia, the West Virginia University Center for Alternative Fuels, um, was doing a study. The study was commissioned by a a non-profit organization, the International Council on Clean Transportation, and the study was conducted in collaboration with the California Air Resources Board, CARB. Um, That was the study that began to recognize the distinction in the nitrogen oxide emissions when the vehicle was actually being driven on the road as compared to when it was under test conditions in the lab. So it wasn't EPA that... Discover the problem. Um, That really seems problematic, and it suggests that there needs to be either more EPA oversight or some sort of reconsideration and and revamping of how certificates of conformity are uh, issued by the U.S. government. Um, This is not the first time that there have been defeat devices. even VW itself had a defeat device problem going back in nineteen seventy two, um, that the the auto manufacturer put in some kind of temperature sensing equipment that turned off vehicle emission systems um, at certain points in the uh in the process and the company was fine. So This is a problem that EPA knows about. It's come up repeatedly. It's come up again and again. In 2014, Hyundai and Kia um, paid a $100 million penalty uh, to the EPA for greenhouse gas emissions violations. This is something that EPA really needs to
1: deal with. And certainly, John Paul, it, it, we mentioned the $18 billion number that's been floated out there uh, at the outset with uh, with this civil suit. But certainly, there, uh, Volkswagen is looking at a much larger number overall with all of the factors that you mentioned uh, a little while ago uh, really uh, getting their piece of the pie as well.
2: Yes, and that's, uh, I'm sure, part of what's driven down the Volkswagen stock so much is this sense of, uh, of financial liability that it's very hard to know the scope of uh... at this point you know volkswagen will negotiate very hard in europe uh... where again the scale of their violations uh... are not as large as in the u.s uh, now defeat devices are uh, supposedly illegal and the european regulators have ruled that these are defeat devices under their rules Um, Volkswagen was briefly claiming that under EU rules, uh, it it wasn't technically illegal, some of what they did, but they they have not uh, gotten away with with that particular um, claim. You know, I just wanted to add one note on the the regulatory issues. EPA looks pretty bad for the reasons Sarah described. You know, they didn't find this, um, and nothing uh, really in their methods made it very likely that they would find it but the EPA looks um actually tough compared to the European regulators where they only do lab tests so the EPA will do independent uh tests uh road tests of vehicles on some, you know, sampled basis. I mean they have a they have a relatively small staff for this and not a lot of funding, so it's it's not a very high sample, but they do Uh, do a test under, quote, real-world conditions that might pick up uh, a problem like this. In Europe, that doesn't happen at all, and the automakers have... Lobbied successfully for years with all sorts of claims that it's impossible to find a road test that's fair that you know compares vehicles equally and doesn't introduce uh, you know some driver variable or some other variable that's that's unfair to them mm-hmm. and so you have these test companies in Europe that compete for the business of the automakers and they uh, are fairly um, you know upfront about the fact that they help the companies pass the test they 'll they'll take off side mirrors, they'll put uh, tape over the front grill to improve aerodynamics and hence fuel efficiency. So I think uh, the EPA has a big challenge to do a better job with this. Uh, For Europe, I think it's actually a broader regulatory crisis that gets to the heart of the relationship between... The government, uh, the regional and national governments, and these automakers.
1: So, how do you kind of try and solve that issue going forward? Because certainly, that that that's one that probably has a lot of uh, a lot of thorns in it.
2: Yeah, a lot of thorns because uh, even though the EU has emission standards for the whole region the regulatory issues are still handled by national governments and yep. they have different standards so there's not been uh... you know consistency or a, a synchron synchronizing of those standards uh, these automakers are very politically powerful because they provide a lot of employment they've benefited from the subsidies of diesel fuel for example which has propelled Diesel sales. Uh, diesel sales are in the majority in uh, France and Germany, for example. Um, French companies also are highly dependent on on diesel sales, and and so there's quite a lot of um, politics to work out and just uh, defining of what is going to be the relationship between between the state and these companies
1: Sarah then wh- what do you see happening with this suit and obviously there will be others but but specifically with this one uh, I- involving uh, this part of the government and, and with VW
0: right so what happens now so that the complaint has been filed it was filed in federal court in Detroit and the Department of Justice um, indicated that it will actually move to transfer venue to the Northern District of California, where um, a multi-district litigation panel has determined that all of the class action suits should be resolved. Basically the idea is when hundreds of cases are filed all arising out of the same facts, it makes sense for efficiency purposes to have those cases consolidated before a single judge in a single court. And the MDL panel, the multi-district litigation panel, determined that that would be San Francisco. So while the government um, initially had wanted all of these cases to be consolidated in Detroit, the um, it has now indicated that it will seek to move this case to San Francisco as well. So that's probably the first thing that's going to happen. Then the parties will engage in discovery, and who knows? We may learn more uh, that will come out during the discovery uh, process, and it is possible at some point during these proceedings that um, uh, criminal action will be Files as well. So we'll have to take a wait-and-see approach. Um, the size of the potential penalty in this case, the $18 billion, yep. is significant. And so it seems to me that CW has to be thinking quite seriously right now about how and whether to settle the case. But if I were counsel for CW, I probably wouldn't want to take any action to resolve the civil case unless I also knew that I were resolving any criminal action against the company, right? You don't want to be in a situation where you've made concessions (laughs) to resolve the civil case, but you leave the potential for a criminal complaint out there. So I suspect that we won't be seeing any kind of serious settlement discussions occurring until uh, criminal charges are filed or resolved or some further action is taken on the criminal side as well.
1: John Paul, we got about a minute. What do you see happening with this?
2: Uh, I mean... One thing that makes uh, uh, one prediction pretty straightforward is that Volkswagen has already confessed to the main um, crime here or the the main violation. So I don't think there's any uncertainty that there will be a settlement. Um, So it's going to be about the amount, and it will be about the link between the civil uh, case and the criminal case. It'll be what what else we learn in the process, and... Uh, it's possible that the, you know, the U.S. charges are much more serious and more aggressive than in Europe. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if what happens in the U.S. does have some ripple effects on what happens in the EU, too.
1: For more insight from Business Radio, please
0: visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.